Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, just last week, we talked about the Phillies being tied for a wild card spot. And this Wednesday, they're just three games over 500. Nine games out of first place and tied for the fourth wild card spot. The first chip has fallen with the addition of Charlie Manuel as the hitting coach. The Eagles lost backup quarterback Nate Sudfeld with a broken arm in the first preseason stinker. Don't you just love preseason football? Sixers and Flyers are getting ready to get it going as well. And, Chad, I think although we always say that we are a sports uh, show and we need to stick with sports i think it should be pointed out there's a sad event going on in the city of philadelphia today and a lot of uh shots being fired and police officers being shot uh it's a sad day in the city yeah i don't really uh, know all the details you were watching a little bit uh down there in florida and i'm here up in new jersey and didn't get to see it but i know that you know some officers have been shot and the situation is still going on so we hope that everything uh is resolved without anybody being you know any more seriously injured yeah we always hate when life gets in the way of our good sports talk hey, hey by the way before i forget bill i wanted to mention that the guy who introduces us at the top of the show dan baker the phillies awesome pa announcer is out of commission right now. He's got a lingering oral sinus infection that needs to be addressed again, so he's not doing his thing behind the mic this week at the ballpark. I exchanged text messages with him yesterday, and we certainly wish Dan all the best. Hopefully he will be back in action again real soon. He's a good man, that Dan Baker. Yes, he is. Is that is that a follow-up or a continuation of what he was out with just a little yeah. while back? Yeah, he had some kind of surgery on it a few months back, and he thought he was, you know, good to go. But apparently, it's been bothering him again still. So uh, he said he's got to get this taken care of. So he didn't elaborate beyond that. But uh, you know, hopefully, he will get it taken care of for good this time. That he is good to go for the rest of this season later on, and you know, in seasons to come. Well, good, good. All the best to Dan and Chad. Hey, uh, we said there's a lot to talk about. We've got the man on the inside sports. Inside Story Sports columnist Tom Moore, the Bucks County Courier Times, is going to join us. And I know one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight with Tom is going to be Hamels Nola. Interesting matchup tonight at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, I kind of wish I was able to see it right now, but we got this show to do. And the great thing about Tom, Bill, well, one of the many great things, is that he's able to talk about everything on the Philly sports scene as a columnist. Now he covers it all at the Bucks County Courier Times and their sister papers. And he's always on top of everything that's going on. And I mean that. I'm not just saying it because I know he's on the line. Uh, and he is on the line. And uh, that's a pretty good welcoming, Jet. So let's welcome Tom Moore back to Philly Press Box Radio. Tom, welcome. Welcome, guys. I'm not sure what I can say. Maybe I should just quit now. I'll take that. (laughs) Get the check in the mail, Tom. It's okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sure it's in the mail, right? Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, we haven't talked to you since late September of last year, Tom. So welcome back. We're going to talk Eagles. Yeah, I know. Eagles and Sixers with you in just a bit. But we need to start off with some Phillies talk. You were down there at the ballpark yesterday when they formally announced that John Maley was out as hitting coach and being replaced by a very familiar name, a very popular guy in the city, Charlie Manuel. So what do you make of the move, and might it change anything over these final six weeks of the season, Tom? Yeah, I think I think it's as much that uh, I, I really think um, that management decided it had to do something. They were only two games out of the behind the Cardinals for the second wild card with 44 games to go. You know, the starting pitching kind of you know is what it is. You have Nola can take you more than six, but the other guys are all pretty much five inning pitchers. Um, yeah, the bullpen, you know, Matt uh, Clintac, one of his big mistakes this year you know, was relying on three 30-something relievers, each of whom, Robertson, Hunter, um, and Nishak, are hurt 
and ended up, you know, I think Robertson ended up pitching six innings on the season. And, you know, you can't really – there's not much you can do about those things. But the offense, to me, is the biggest underachiever. I mean, the fact that with this lineup and all the money they spent on Harper, you know, Real Muto, Segura, um, and, you know, Hoskins coming back, that they're 11th out of 15 teams in the National League in home runs to me is inexcusable. And the other thing is when you look at their regular players, the only guy who's really improved his numbers from last year, this year is Scott Kingery. And a lot of that is because he was a rookie last year. I think he was a little overmatched, a little overwhelmed, but you know, real mutual was playing elsewhere last year, but his numbers are down. Harper was playing in Washington. His numbers, you know, are down. Segura was hitting over 300 last year. His numbers are down. So it doesn't, when, you know, you, you know, certain guys will have, you know, good years, bad years. There's somewhat of an ebb and flow. But when everybody is trending down, that that doesn't make sense. So something wasn't right. Um, and I think, you know, John Middleton really thinks they could still, you know, be a second wild card. Um, you know, it's still not the greatest path because you have to win a one-game wild card and then you get the Dodgers in a best of five with the first two games out in L.A. But I think if you were going to go, you know, spend all that money – you're not going to sit back and wait and hope. Um, so you bring Manuel in. You hope maybe just a new voice, maybe some subtle changes, maybe some, you know, some, uh, you know, old school things, if you will, you know, that, that Charlie, you know, believes in. I mean, like Reese Hoskins right now, he just looks lost at the plate. He looks he – yeah. he's off balance. He's lunging at the ball. I mean, he – He's just so – they're throwing fastballs by him. He's swinging at little breaking balls. He's really in a rut right now. Um, and, you know, they, these guys, some of them need to break out of it if the Phillies are going to, you know, make make some noise. And, you know, if they go 20 – I don't know, with the 20 – they can go 20 – what is it? 26 and 17 over the last yeah. – uh, they'd end up 12 over 500. You know, I, I, that would probably be enough to make – you know, make the playoffs at least, and then, as I said, you have a one-game playoff. But I think it was not throwing in the towel. You, you know, clearly starting pitching is the biggest need and wasn't addressed because Quintec didn't want to pay the price. But at some point now, this summer, at the trade deadline next year, they're going to have to pay the price. Well, Tom, and I think, uh, you know, let, let's take your scenario and let's hope they get better. But then, then it turns to the pitching and we have Jake Arrieta, who's now on the shelf for the rest of the year. Uh, the underachieving Jake Arrieta, I might add. Uh, so then what do you do? Because if you do start to hit the ball, now you don't have the pitching to withstand anything. It doesn't seem to me. Or the relief pitching. But 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 as I said, other than Nola, your your way to win games the rest of the way is 7-5. to five, You know, things like that. That's the way you're going to win. You're not going to win a lot of 3-2 games. Um, you just don't have the pitching to do that. So the one thing they have on their roster that they can do better and that guys have done better at this level is hitting. Um, and, you know, clearly there's no starting pitching down at AAA. There are no relievers down at AAA that can really help. They've all been up and down and, um, you know, so on. So I, I think it's it's if they're going to make it, that the hitting is going to have to carry them because – you can't expect, you know, much more from the starters or probably, you know, the bullpen at this juncture. There's really no way to improve them, but there's no reason they, they're not scoring more runs and just more consistent offensively. You know, they'll score seven runs one day, and then the next day uh, they score two runs and they leave 10 guys on base or 14 guys on base or whatever. You know, it's just kind of maddening. I mean, last night, start the game, uh, Harper and Hoskins strike out looking to start the game. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there scratching your head like, are you kidding me? You know, uh, wow. And I think the, the the starter struck out 14 in the six innings, first six innings last night. You know, yep. I, mean, I know analytics doesn't make a big difference between striking out and flying out, but to me there's a difference because if you put the ball in play, you have a chance of making something happen. If you strike out, your only chance is the ball gets by the catcher and you can get the first base that way. So I really like my chances putting the ball in play as opposed to, uh, you know, swinging 100% on, on, you know, on a 2-2 pitch and, you know, getting late on a fastball and walking back to the dugout, uh, you know, with another strikeout. So, and maybe Manuel will try to emphasize, something, you know, being more of a contact hitter, putting the ball in play, things like that, more old-school baseball that people used to do choking up a little bit with two strikes, you know, things like that. I'm not saying all that stuff is still prevalent or necessary, but 
I'm saying that some of that would help the Phillies. Well, priority number one for me would be Reese Hoskins in terms of what Charlie Manuel's got. He's got to get Hoskins going. Now, Tom, they'll never formally announce, unless I missed it, Annie McPhail and Matt Klintak got extensions earlier this year. That being the case, will this entire regime, including Gabe Kapler, be back next season for sure? Or is there a chance that won't be the case if the team goes in the toilet over the next month? Yeah, I mean, Kapler has a three-year contract. So at the end of this year, he if you don't extend him, he's a lame duck, which they don't like because you have no cachet with the players. Um, and if you if you do well and they make the playoffs, which is why the column I wrote last night that was online uh, was basically Charlie Manuel, can, can he save Gabe Kapler's job? And that's essentially what it comes down to. If they can make the playoffs, yeah. um, you know, play well down the stretch, hit the ball, uh, you know, that would increase the chances that Kapler's back. But I don't think that that is a given at this point because for a guy who, you know, uh, he's loosened up a little bit around us, he'll curse a little bit around us, he's, he, he's a little bit better around, you know, the media, but he's all about development, and as the numbers show, a lot of these guys have not developed the way they should, and I'm talking young guys, and I'm talking 30-year-old guys, um, and that's part of kind of like Brett Brown was with the Sixers, you know, developing, trying to develop, you know, fringe guys or guys with talent who maybe are overlooked or whatever, and the Phillies have not been successful at doing that really at any level. I mean, Eflin, Pavetta, Velasquez, are they better this year than last year? Maybe Velasquez marginally, but clearly Eflin and Pavetta are not. So, yep. uh, you know, and the hitters that we talked about have not developed. So, you know, who's gotten better? And to me, that's a, that's a function of the manager and his staff. And that's why John Malley, you know, went because that was the logical move. You can't, yell at Chris Young too much with the, with the pitching they have. So um, that's, you know, but yeah, that's not a given. Now if they make the playoffs and, you know, play well and are competitive in the playoffs, you know, I would think that increases the chances that Kapler is back, but this is, it's all about what happens in the next 43 games, you know, his, in my eyes, his status. Is there any reason for, for Kapler to look over his shoulder at Charlie? I mean, do you think there's an think early so. out and, and Charlie ends up finishing this thing up? And, and also, so. do you well, – the other thing I was going to ask you, do you think Charlie, as much as being brought in for hitting, is also being brought in to do a little bench coaching? I mean, that – you know, that's possible. I don't know. I mean, Manuel said today – I was not down there, but, you know, I was watching and reading. He said he's 75 years old. He really doesn't want to manage anymore just that it, it's more of a grind you have to, and you're dealing with the media twice a day, you know, on game days, and, you know, it, it, he, he doesn't need or want that, but hit, you know, he was a, he was a really good hitter himself, you know, back in the day. And then twice the hitting coach with the Indians had some real success there with Jim Tomey and Alomar and some of these guys, you know, had, had put up monster numbers and, you know, led the league in home runs, I think twice in a five-year span and runs uh, hits three times, you know, just very good offensive team. So this is something that he knows and that I, I think he thinks, you know, hitting kind of is hitting. It's not hitting in the 90s versus hitting in the 2010s. Um, so I don't think he wants that, and I don't think Kapler needs to. Now, I thought it was interesting yesterday a little bit um, that the general manager looked really kind of worn out and tired Um kind of bags under his eyes, much different than the day after, you know, the trade, the trade deadline, um, you know, earlier this summer, um, whether that's, you know, just frustration trying to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, I don't know sleepless nights. I'm not sure, but, you know, I thought that was, you know, somewhat interesting or, you know, somewhat intriguing, you know, is it just the lack of success? Uh, the, the extensions, you would think he's not going anywhere and McPhail's not going anywhere, at least for the foreseeable future, unless just the bottom falls out. Well, the Phillies team is frustrating to watch for fans. So, yeah, I'm sure there's some frustration involved for Matt Klentak as well. Uh, Tom, I want to switch it up and talk a little Eagles with you. Uh, what is your take on the preseason of the NFL these days where you hardly see starters at all? Where we may or may not see Carson Wentz at all this entire preseason, maybe for a series or two in the third game, I heard one reporter say. What do you make of the way coaches are handling the preseason these days? Yeah, I think it's all it's kind of all about, you know, risk-reward. Uh, you know, to me, Wentz really needs to play, even if it's a quarter. I mean, he hasn't played since last December. Um, and you can't, you know, wearing the red jersey at practice, not not allowed to get hit, it's not the same thing. 
I really think Carson Wentz will not play in the preseason. And the two, two primary reasons, one is, you know, what happened to Sudfeld, you know, at the end of the half last Thursday night. And um, the other reason is your left tackle is a rookie, Dillard, and your right tackle with Lane Johnson out is Jordan Malata, who's a second-year player who had never played football, you know, until 18 months ago, uh, 19 months ago. So I think they're just afraid that something happens. All it takes is one play, he gets knocked to the ground, he hits, you know, whatever. So I really don't think he's going to play. He's going to play. I think that the one way they could close to replicate it is next Monday and Tuesday, the Ravens are up here for joint practices. Now, I don't know that they would necessarily hit uh, full contact, but they could, you know, they could have 11 on 11s um, where he'd get different looks and, you know, it could be at least some pressure he'd feel if not knocked to the ground to me, in my eyes, that's the most, that's the closest thing he's probably going to see to real football until September 8th against Washington at the link. And, and along the same lines, though, you turn around and, and with the running back situation, you have seven of them or whatever it is now. Um, most of them played in the first preseason game. Do you find that unusual when you know a couple of them, Miles Sanders specifically, is going to make the team? Uh, why risk yeah. them in game one? I think Jordan Howard, when Jordan Howard started, I think the fact that he and Sanders are new, I think just to kind of maybe get a feel. Now, Sanders isn't – Sanders is new to the league. Howard is just new with the Eagles after spending his first three years with the Bears. But I think it's just, just to get, you know, a feel, some reps. Um, Sproles didn't play. He probably won't play in the preseason. You know, Peters isn't going to play. But, yeah, I, I think – now it'll be interesting to see going forward about those guys, how much they play. Because you have the Corey Clements and the Josh Adamses and the uh, Wendell Smallwood and Boston Scott. There's a lot of guys in there, Donnell Pumphrey, um, you know, trying to make the team, uh, probably perhaps completing, competing for one or two spots. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just more that, getting a taste of it. And I, I guess you're not as worried with a, you know, with a running back, you know, taking a hit or whatever, run the ball a couple times you know, uh, pass protection a couple of times and maybe go out. Uh, Howard's pretty good at catching the ball. So I guess that was more of an indoctrination, get a feel a little bit. And, you know, perhaps Sanders will probably still play. I'm not sure how much we'll see Jordan Howard the rest of the preseason. So, Tom, we know about all the weapons offensively, some pretty good wide receivers, a couple of great tight ends, we think. How do you feel, though, about the defense? And what are your concerns on that side of the ball? Yeah, I think the, the the tackle rotation, you know, with Jernigan being the third guy, Malik Jackson's the big guys look, you know, look good. Again, he hasn't played a whole lot with Fletcher Cox inside, but I, I think yeah, that's going to be an upgrade over a Holodi Nada. I think they have three solid defensive ends, you know, with Graham starting and Barnett, you know, who's kind of getting getting healthy uh, uh, again, and then Vinnie Curry, who they who they brought back to be the third defensive end. They need a fourth guy, whether that's going to be Josh Sweat or possibly Sharif Miller, another rookie from Penn State. You know, that's a little bit of a concern. The linebacker position, you know, you have Bradham, uh, but after that, kind of a lot of uncertainty. You brought uh, the kid from the the kid from Washington signed here. Um, is it Smith, I guess? The, uh, they brought him in. He had big, big numbers in Washington. Um, have a shot, a good chance to get, you know, get another – get a – get the second starting spot. They they play the nickel a lot, so a lot of times they go 4-2-5. So your third linebacker really doesn't get to play a lot, whether it's L.J. Ford or when Camus Grugier-Hill gets healthy. And the secondary, I really like. They have a lot of good cornerbacks. I could see them making a move or two um, in terms of cornerbacks because there's some teams that need that are shorthanded there, and the Eagles seem to have a glut there you know, of four or five guys that I think are NFL. Uh, so I could see something happen, you know, something happening possibly there, maybe to, to add a linebacker or, you know, somebody else to help. Hey, Tom, a lot of rumblings around today on sports radio in Philly about uh, a possibility of Jadavion Clowney in a trade. Uh, it looks like uh, if, from what I was able to see and read, that, that pretty much wipes out the cap and does a lot of bad things for them. But he's an impact player. Is he a guy that is actually a possibility, do you think? 
Well, I I believe he only has one more year left on his contract, and then the other thing is what's he? I mean, clearly he's a great player, but what's he going to cost you? You know, you're going to have to give up, you know, a, a guy that you're counting on for years for a one year rental to kind of make it. Because, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like risk reward. Um, you know that that's probably not. Um, it's more of a pie in the sky thing. You know, it looks good. It, you know how realistic something like that is, unless they can get them at a discount where it wouldn't really cost a core player or somebody who you know they'd be counting on for years to come. All right, Tom. I want to ask you a Sixers question, but uh, first, real quick, what's your Eagles prediction? How many wins this year? Yeah, I think I'm going to say like ten or six. Um, uh, something like that. I mean, I really like their team. I think they're the team to to beat in the you know in the division. And I think all the discord in Dallas. I think the fans are loving it with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, holding out and the agents saying he's not going to play unless he's the highest paid running back in the NFL. And you know, supposedly they offered uh, Dak Prescott thirty million dollars, and you know, supposedly he wants forty million a year. Now he's going to play this year, you know, uh, but still, that's kind of interesting. And uh, I couldn't remember the name. I think I said Smith earlier. It was Zach Brown was the Washington linebacker. Just yeah. it didn't pop into my head. The guy that they brought in would probably be the second starter at the linebacker position. All right. I'm going to say 11 wins for now, but I'll make my official prediction closer to uh, opening yeah, day. 10 now. or 11, I think, is very reasonable. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now, Tom, Bill and I are really curious to hear your take on the New Look Sixers. Jimmy Butler and J.J. Reddick, some, other, some lesser names also are gone. In their place are guys like Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Kyle O'Quinn, et cetera, plus rookie Matisse Thibel and others. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, Chad, I think it's interesting. I, 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 they certainly got more athletic, you know, defensively. It's an upgrade from uh, Reddick, you know, who – was kind of the weak link defensively, and you saw how how the the Nets and the Raptors in the playoffs would run a screen and roll, and whoever, whichever one of their guys, you know, who could score that Reddick ended up on, they just cleared out and he went to town. Josh Richardson much more athletic, much more of a you know a, a, a viable defensive wing guy. I think Horford. I really like Horford. It, it, my only concern is you know he's thirty three and. Um, you know, I think he'll play 25 minutes or so next to Embiid, and depending on the game, he can also back him up a little bit, um, gives him some versatility. Um, and, you know, they've also brought in all character guys. I think clearly that's – I mean, you, you couldn't say that Jimmy but- – that, that Tobias Harris had a better playoff uh, uh, 10-game playoff run last year or whatever that was. I guess it was uh, – uh, 13 games, whatever it was, than Jimmy Butler, who was probably their best player in the playoffs. But Tobias Harris is a better teammate. He is uh, respected. He is um, professional. Um, you know what you're going to get with him, and I think that that was important to the Sixers. I think with Butler, you're going to get some some dramatics, you know, winning game winning shots and so on. But I think the fact that you know he's not afraid to call people out and you know, I think can ruffle some feathers and make it, you know, uneasy with coaches and teammates and so on. So I think clearly that was important. And I also thought it was interesting that, you know, uh, Elton Brand spent two years with Al Horford in Atlanta. So, I mean, he knows him real well. They played together late in Brand's career before he came back, uh, you know, to Philly, I guess, uh, uh, the second time. Um, they played two years down there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, think, I think they're probably the second best team in the East behind the Bucks. And I think, you know, with Kawhi Leonard going out west to L.A., I think that really, um, you know, helped the Sixers. And, you know, I would say, you know, anything short at this point of uh, Eastern Conference Finals, you know, would be disappointing. Hey, Tom, I'm going to switch you up one more time before we finish up. Uh, The Flyers also getting ready to get started. Uh, Is this team or organization going to be able to overcome the uh, public relations nightmare they created for themselves in the offseason? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, you know, Chuck Fletcher is, you know, making some moves and, you know, trying to do do some some things, but they just seem like they're – kind of stuck where the Sixers were for about a decade there where their fringe playoff team losing the first round or don't make the playoffs and then, you know, get the 10th or 12th or 14th pick. 
so you don't you're not able to add, you know add a real impact immediate impact guy or a guy who can be called up after a year or maybe even two. Um, so I think I wrote something a week or so ago, uh, maybe 10 days ago about kind of the 80-81 when I was a junior and senior in high school in four consecutive seasons, all four Philly teams made the ch- the finals in, in their respective sports with the mm. Phillies winning and the other three, you know, losing. And, you know, clearly the Flyers aren't there yet. Um, but I think the Sixers and the Eagles are right there. They're contenders. And I think the Phillies aren't far away. I don't think maybe not quite this year, but I think if they could add uh, a reliable starter, and I agree that Jake Arrieta to me has been fairly disappointing, you know, for, you know, a year and uh, two thirds now uh, from what they signed him for 30 million last year and 25 this year, I would have expected more out of him. Um, he really, if he was the number two pitcher, it was by default. He was not what you would on a, on a decent staff. He certainly wouldn't have been number two. He'd have been number four. Um, but the Phillies might not be too far away. Um, so we're not quite where we were, you know, 38, 39 years ago. But you know, we're we're a lot closer than we were like four years ago when none of the teams, you know, was very good. Well, Tom, because we're out of time, uh, I'm not going to have time to have you assess the Miley Cyrus Liam Hensworth split. So you're off the hook with that one. Thank goodness. I had I had something prepared and I was gonna do it in English and Spanish and but you know, next time. All right, next time. All, All right, boy. Right, well, hey Tom. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate you. All right, sure. Anytime guys. Take care. All right. All right. Let's take a break so I can tell you about the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. As you know from hearing us talk about it every week, or hopefully from experiencing it yourself, they have a terrific variety of food and drink with lots of specials every day and always 24 beers on tap. They have trivia every Wednesday evening, a DJ every Friday night, and this Thursday, the 15th, is karaoke night. And the big news, Philly Press Box Radio will be in the house Sunday the 25th at 2 p.m. Come say hi as Bill, Fred, and I do a show live at the Irish Rover, and we can tell you now that we'll be joined by a special guest who will help us get you ready for the Eagles season. He's the guy behind the Bleeding Green Nation website, Brandon Lee Gowton. Some giveaways and chances to win stuff like t-shirts and Phillies tickets too. Join us. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, and you can get more info on their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Hey, Bill, that's a clip of Jefferson Airplane at Woodstock 50 years ago this week. I know you weren't there, and neither was I, but I'll tell you, if I ever find a working time machine, that's one event I'd go back in time to check out. 400,000 people at Yazgur's Farm in upstate New York, bands including the Airplane, The Who, and Creedence Clearwater in their prime, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in just their second-ever show together, Janis Joplin, The Grateful Dead, Canned Heat, and, of course, Jimi Hendrix, all at Woodstock 50 years ago this week. And and the crazy thing about that, Chad, is I didn't know you were going to say that, you know, go there with this. But uh, as you're talking, so many of those songs, still popular songs 50 years later. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I was kind of disappointed that they weren't able to get it together for a 50th anniversary celebration this year. Uh, it was just a big mess, and they couldn't get the permits and everything, so it kind of fell apart. But uh, they would never be able to properly recreate what they did 50 years ago anyway, so maybe it's for Oh, the no. Well, that was a spontaneous reaction there. I, think. Yeah. I, I don't know that you could – you know, everybody would go now with expectations, and they're, they're, they, you'd never meet those expectations. Yep, I'm with you. Hey, hey, Chad, speaking of music, I was going to mention this a little bit later on, but I'll throw it out now. I just heard on the radio today that on September the 8th here in Tampa Bay, the 49ers play the Bucks at a 4.15 kickoff. Mm-hmm. If you arrive at 2 o'clock for the price of your football game ticket, you get to see a Tim McGraw concert before the wow. game. How about That's pretty that? pretty cool. That's, That's one cool. way of getting people in the seats, I think, because there will probably be more people in the seats to see Tim <laughs> than there will be to see the Bucks and the 49ers. But, uh, yeah. yeah, for the same admission price, uh, that, that that's some uh, good advertising, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a huge country fan, but I do like a lot of country acts, and Tim McGraw certainly one of them. Great talent who's been around for a long time now and uh, very popular. Absolutely. Hey, Chet, I also wanted to mention to you uh, – 
and I don't know if you're ready to give this up yet, but that Sunday at the Irish Rover is a special event for Philly Press Box Radio. Are you uh, ready to give that up yet? Yeah, as it turns out, every year, because we do about 50 shows a year over the last few years, we seem to hit our milestone numbers right around the start of Eagle season or just before it. So, you know, we had our, I think, 100th, 150th, 200th, all right around September 1st or thereabouts. And this year, as it turns out, August 25th, we're doing the live show at the Rover, and it will be our 250th show. We're at 248 tonight. We're doing a show next Wednesday. And then the Irish Rover, which we uh, talked about briefly in the little ad for the Rover, it will be show number 250. So come out and celebrate with us. Yeah, and, and you know what, Chet, it's uh, it's pretty cool and uh, to to have lasted as long as we have because uh, there are many others have now started their own podcast, doing their own things. There's many more out there than when you and I started this little venture five, what, five and a half years ago now, I guess it's been. And uh, we're still hanging in there at 250, pretty cool. And you know what's funny? We've had a bunch of people on our show who, since they've been on our show, have all started their own podcast or being part of another show. I mean, Carl does one. Uh, Fred Hugo's on another podcast or two weekly now. Joe Valley and El Wingador have a weekly podcast now. So pretty impressive. I mean, I, there's a lot of competition out there, but everybody's doing their own thing and lots of good stuff. And we're looking forward to the show on the 25th. And, Bill, as I mentioned briefly in the ad, we're going to start at 2 p.m., but I'd suggest getting there ahead of time so you can get settled in, find a seat, have a little food or drink if you desire, and then enjoy the show because it's going to be a good one. In addition to talking Philly sports, we're going to have a couple of hot-off-the-presses T-shirts, which we'll tell you more about in a bit. The Rover and Bud Light will have a pair of Phillies tickets that we will award to a lucky person somehow. We'll figure that out. And we will all have lots of fun, just like we did the previous time we did a show at the Rover back in early March. Tracy and Chris and the gang there are awesome, and they're looking forward to having us there again as much as we're looking forward to being there. Again, it's Sunday the 25th at 2 p.m. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne, right next to the train stop there. That's right, and and Chet, uh, we also got confirmation from the PPCC 118 Raz Room that there will be a Brian Dawkins jersey going home with somebody again this time like it did last time. Oh, yeah, we made uh, that guy. I think his name was Chuck. I could be wrong. Uh, We made somebody real happy. Yeah, I I don't know how I remember that, but, uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Boy, it's worth it not only to hear us, but to maybe win a Brian Dawkins jersey uh, through the Raz. So, yeah, that'll be cool. You got it. Well, hey, Ted, let's talk about a little bit of Eagles. To visit Jacksonville this week, to visit Nick Foles, who's probably not going to play, and the Jags in preseason two. As mentioned, uh, they lost Nick Sudfeld to the backup. Cody Kessler is the guy, it looks like. Uh, Any takeaways from last week for you besides the Sudfeld injury? The one takeaway, Bill, which I know you will agree with me about, is that preseason football sucks. (laughs) There, I've said it. It's just dreadful. Absolutely. The Eagles, like a lot of teams now, play very few of their starters. And if they do play, it's for a limited time. So with a lot of guys who won't be in the NFL a month from now, it's pretty ugly football much of the time. Now, that being said, I was trying to keep my eyes on the young outside tackles for a bunch of plays, Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata, and I thought they both looked pretty good. Dallas Goddard looked fine in the short time he was in there at tight end. Sudfeld looked decent at quarterback before the injury, right before halftime. And the one young guy on the D-line, that Deshaun Hall, looked real good. Six tackles and a sack, I believe. So there were some positives in an otherwise ugly preseason opener. Well, you hit the one spot I was going to mention. Uh, Jordan Mulata did look really good. And uh, I even saw, I thought it as I was watching it, until my eyes started to bleed, and then uh, I saw an article by that Fran Duffy, and he rated the uh, Jordan Mulata top line. He said he played outstanding, was clearly the best offensive lineman on the field. So going to yeah. be interesting to see what happens with Mulata. Six, I believe, six eight three fifty, a tremendous freak athlete. Uh, going to see if he sticks with this team. Yeah, I think he's going to. And, you know, I heard Ray Dinger talking on the radio about it on both Saturday and earlier today on WIP. And he was saying, Milata did not look that good in practice from the few times he was there this year, but he definitely did play much better in the opener. So uh, that's good to see. 
And it's good to know that they have him and Dillard ready to step in if, you know, Johnson or Peters get injured. So I think they'll both be there and available every game this year. Mylotta only suited up, I guess, maybe three times last year. But, I mean, based on the one game, I thought he looked good and will be available and going to make the team and be able to contribute more this year when needed. Well, the, and the thing I want to watch is uh, our man Fred Hugo made a fearless forecast when we had him on, what, two weeks ago, I guess, about Big V not making it out of camp. And I think uh, Dillard and Mulata are the ones that are going to decide that. So, uh, you know, and Fred said, unless he can move into guard. Uh, but you got Wisniewski in there at, guard, at the guard center backup position. So going to be interesting to see how the three those three play out at tackles. And uh, certainly – you would think all three aren't going to be here. So Fred mm-hmm. might be right on with the big V uh, call there a couple of weeks back. Yep. And, hey, speaking of offensive linemen, how about Ryan Bates, the undrafted free agent from Penn State, getting traded late last week to the Bills for a defensive line guy, Eli Harold. We had Ryan on our show two summers back, our first and still to this point the only active pro athlete or at the time college athlete we've had on our show Unless, of course, we count your son, Mike. Mike is certainly an athletic guy, uh, whereas you and I, Bill, are not any longer. No, no, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, hopefully for Ryan to, to actually get traded like that, that somebody wanted him uh, being a free agent, um, you know, it's good for him. It Certainly you would think we'd give him a better chance of making that team if they were willing to give up something to get him. So uh, hopefully yeah. that works out well for Ryan. Yeah, I really hope so. He's a, he's a nice young guy. I met him a couple of years back, and we had him on our show, like I said. So I hope he does stick with the Bills. That would be great. And, Bill, speaking of uh, football, Antonio Brown, how about all the nonsense with him and the foot problems he's had and then the, the helmet thing where he wanted to wear the same style helmet he wore previously. That got shot down. He's a bit of a head case, if you ask me. Well, he is a head case, and that's what got, it got him run out of Pittsburgh to start with. But – you know, as you uh, stated so eloquently, preseason sucks. So Antonio Brown just probably doesn't want to practice and doesn't want to play. And it wouldn't be the first time that's ever happened. Uh, why get yourself hurt? Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of gamesmanship probably going on there. He, he just doesn't want to practice. And he's a good enough receiver that he probably doesn't have to practice. So – Yep. Uh, I hate to say that about people, especially as an ex-coach, but uh, my guess is Antonio Brown will be suited up September 8th. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I started watching Hard Knocks, like I told you last week, and then I saw about the first uh, probably 12 minutes or so of this week's show last night. And, of course, they mentioned the Antonio Brown thing, and he was on camera, and he said, you want to see? You want to see? And he took off his cleats or his shoes and showed people the bottom of his feet, and they were kind of messed up because – as he told everybody, he had the, the cryogenic thing, the problem, and he ended up somehow getting frostbite on his feet, and his feet got all blistered and messed up. So, I mean, they did look pretty ugly. I will give him that. He's not making it up. Well, we'll see. And, and you know, Chet, <laughs> what, I, what I've been thinking about, it, you know, is, as we talked about a few weeks ago, my oldest son, Billy, is at working with the Colts here during camp. Uh, so there's a lot of things that I have heard that I'm not sure I'm allowed to say, so I won't. But depending on how that all works out, if he ends up staying with them or not, I think uh, it, if he doesn't, um, it would be good to have him on here, I think, and, ha- and tell us a little bit about camp because there's some interesting things that I've learned that take place that, uh, you know, once they're able to be public knowledge would be kind of fun yeah. to hear. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, hey, and, Bill, and uh, did you know, Chad? Yeah. Speaking of that, did you know that, uh, you know, back in the day, every week was cut-down week? They don't do that now. There's one major cut-down. So what they do is they keep all these guys there for all of camp so they don't have to play any of these guys. The roster doesn't dwindle mm-hmm. until the end, and then they make massive cuts. Uh, I did not realize that. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, uh, that is true. I, I do remember there were more cut-down days back in days of yore, but a lot of things are different from back in the old days, Bill, and I guess that's just another one. Well, and, and I thought that was actually somewhat current. I didn't realize that that was a a, a thing. You know, I yeah. thought, thought cut-down days still existed quite some time ago. 
Hey, Bill, um, I know you're heading north in a few days, and I don't know what your schedule is, but Ray Didinger's terrific play, Tommy and Me, has begun its fourth annual run, and it continues through the 25th. It's his play about his relationship with legendary Eagles Hall of Famer Tommy McDonald, of course. So I'm hoping you can find your way to get to the Fringe Arts Theater on Columbus Boulevard sometime next week and see it finally because uh, it's going to shut down on Sunday the 25th. That's the day we're doing our live show. So sometime before then, get yourself to the Fringe Arts Theater and go see Tommy and me. Has it, has it already started the run? Yeah, it started the run. I knew it was um, coming. Last, I didn't know it started yeah. already. I believe last Thursday the 8th it started, and uh, it goes through Sunday the 25th. So uh, I know they do still have tickets available for several of the shows, so check it out. It's definitely worth it. I've seen it each of the past three years. I won't get there this year, but it is truly fantastic and something you would love. I will do my best to check out the dates. I I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it had started already. I thought I had a little more time than just next week, so – I will look into that and hopefully be able to make that happen. I'd love to see it. All right. Yep. All right. Hey, Chet, did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much money they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave Avoy from Allstate and Westchester, PA. Yeah, for sure, Bill. The same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal, then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust, and we have just that someone. Call Allstate agent Dave Lavoy in Westchester, PA at 610-430-0700 and start planning for your retirement today. That's right, Dave Lavoy at Allstate, 610-430-0700. And now, Bill, a bit of a song that was number one this week in 1964 by one of your favorites, the legendary Dean Martin. Everybody loves somebody somehow. Wow. Everybody falls in love somehow. I don't even know what to think about that. (laughs) 1964. That was a great song. I loved Dean Martin. I loved watching his Thursday night shows and the road. And oh, speaking of speaking Uh of love, speaking of love, congrats to our pal Joe Valley and his lovely bride Maggie. Joe and Mag got married over the weekend, and we wish them both the very best. Yes, we do. And happy birthday, happy 70th birthday to that Bobby Clark. Chet 70. How'd that happen? Yeah, I know, man. How did that happen? I, I remember him, you know, breaking into the league and, of course, winning the cups in '74 and '75. But that was a lot of years ago, Bill. Yeah, it was. Hey, Chad, you know, I just had this thought. Um, some names popped into my head, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask Chet to give me his first thought on some of these names. You ready for this? I'm just going to randomly throw out some names that I came up with. You good? All right. I'm good. Hector Neres. Um, so-so reliever. Looks great sometimes, looks like a bum other times. How about Jim Schwartz? Uh, average defensive coach, coordinator. I think he sometimes gets overrated by people, and I'm hoping he dials up a good year from the guys he has this year because – I know the offense is going to be good, but the defense is going to have to be good, too. So, Jim, get on your game. Hmm. Brett Brown. You know I've always liked Brett, and I kind of felt for him last year because he had like three different teams as the year went on, and now he's got another one here entering the 2019-20 season. I'm hoping this team stays together the whole year, and assuming Ben Simmons has a little bit of a jump shot, I think he's going to do well, so I think this is the year that Brett Brown shows he is a legitimate big-time NBA coach there. Wow. How about Dick Don't Call Me Richie Allen? Love Dick Allen. You know that, and I think next year he's finally going to get into the Hall of Fame because the uh, old-timers folks who consider those things will consider his name again next year, and I think the job that Mark Carfagno and others in that campaign and just some other word of mouth and everything. I think it's going to finally happen for Dick Allen next year. One of my favorite players and a guy who certainly belongs in Cooperstown. Mm, There's going to be a lot of debate about that. I think. Oh yeah. I, I have just a couple more for you. Deshaun Jackson. Oh man. I, I'm, 
I, I didn't always love Deshaun, but I'll tell you, he seems like he has matured quite a bit since uh, you know he left several years ago. And now he's more of a leader, more of a mentor for some of the other wide receivers. And he's still got the breakaway speed. I think he's going to be a great addition to this Eagles team, and I'm excited to watch him. Mm. You know, you kind of caught me a little bit off guard. I think you got your colorblind green on that one. I'm, I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> you know, he's said he, all the he, right things he, so far. So he has said all the right things. That's it. All right, uh, just a couple names. I thought we'd have a little test there. They names just popped into my head and randomly came up with them, and uh, just wanted to see what you were thinking. I knew, I know. Every night when you text me in the ninth inning, you have some amazing thoughts about that Hector Neris. Everybody in the bullpen scares me. You never know what you're going to get, so it's always an adventure. I mean, just I guess last night. He hits a batter. You know, how are you that unfocused that you're hitting a batter in the ninth inning when you're trying to save the game? He scares me when it goes out there. But anyway, I heard that uh, Bryce hit a two-run homer, I guess, in the first inning for the He Phillies. just hit a two-run opposite field bomb off of that Cole Hamels. He sure did. There you go. A lot of Let's empty go. seats at uh, Citizens Bank Park tonight, too. Yeah, that's I'm I'm kind of surprised given the fact that people knew several days ahead of time what this pitching matchup would be, and then we got the Charlie Manuel news yesterday. I thought that might get a couple of you know bodies in the seats as well. So I'm surprised they didn't have a bigger crowd. Speaking of the Phillies, Bill, uh, they came out the other day with uh, their schedule for next year. They're going to open their 2020 season in Miami in late March then go to City Field to play the Mets before returning to Philly for the home opener. That'll be Thursday, April 2nd against the Brewers. And I like the fact that, that opening on the road and then coming back to Philly uh, a week later. I'll be there, of course, April 2nd against the Brewers. Mike Trout and the Angels play in Philly for the first time in five years in mid-July. And I'll mention also that the Phillies play a weekend series in Pittsburgh, May 8th and 10th. And I say that because my pal Denny and I are planning to be there for at least one of those weekend games as it's the 10-year anniversary of our previous road trip to PNC Park next summer. Well, wow, that's awesome. And, and I'll tell you, Chet, uh, you'll have an opportunity on opening day to see possibly the best pure hitter in baseball in that Christian Yelich. That kid can flat out hit. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. So uh, I hope he doesn't hit one the day I'm there, but – uh, he is good, and I'm going to probably try to get to see Mike Trout, too, when the Angels come to town next July also. And Bill Yeah, they'll, the schedule, they'll sell that yep. one out. There, that'll be the one game yep. you won't be able to – or one series you won't be able to get tickets to. Yeah, don't wait to try to get tickets for that one. Uh, and the Sixers' schedule is out, too. They open their upcoming season with a home game October 23rd against the Celtics. That is just over two months away, incredibly. And we now know that the time of their home Christmas Day game against the Bucks will be tipping off at 2.30 p.m., so – Plan your family get-together accordingly. I can tell you already, it's going to cause some issues for the Chesco-Craig family gathering on Christmas Day, but I may have to pull a few strings to keep the peace for that one. Well, and and we also already know that the Flyers opener uh, is against that Wayne Simmons and the Devils, so that, yeah. that'll be interesting, too. That's going to be weird. Hey, you know how when the NFL schedule comes out every spring, a lot of us will try to go over it, you know, week to week and guess the wins and losses. I wonder if anybody does that for their favorite NBA team when the NBA schedule comes out, go through all 82 games. <laughs> I don't know. Be the first. Be a leader. <laughs> uh, no. Be a leader. I don't have that kind of time. No. I'm a busy guy. Busy guy. You're a busy guy. Hey, Chad, I wanted to let you know that the new Philly Press Box radio shirts that you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, they are not only ordered, they're ready. They'll be picked up tomorrow. We'll have them with us uh, when we get to Philly next week. We'll have them at the Irish Rover, uh, drive fit, or regular T-shirts, black, gray, green, um, matching Philly Press Box radio logo, our sponsor's logo, they're going to be available very soon, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I haven't seen them, but I'm going to pick them up in the morning. Yeah, I can't wait to see them up close. I guess we'll unveil them next week on Facebook, or maybe just maybe we'll hold off on doing that beyond a little teaser picture or two and instead tell people to come see us do our live show on the 25th at the Rover when we'll have them with us and we'll have them available for sale. We have to figure that out. I didn't take those marketing classes back in college for nothing, Bill, so I'm working on some marketing mm-hmm. ideas there. And we will give oh, one or two away. Go. We're going to give one or two away at the Rover 
somehow we'll sort all of that out next week. We're going to have a big planning meeting for our show, Bill. And uh, we'll have some for sale there at the show as well. So uh, we'll, we're looking forward to having everyone see these new shirts with the green logo and uh, get one for you and the kids. Very nice. Hey, Chet, I just happened to notice um, Cole Hamels, as we mentioned, pitching tonight at Citizens Bank Park. Remember when he asked for that David Montgomery patch when uh, he passed away not long ago? Cole is wearing that on his uniform, his Cubs uniform tonight, on his left uh, left arm, or right arm, I'm sorry. Pretty oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, he was a big fan of uh, David, and that was nice of him to ask back then. Nice to see that he's wearing it tonight as well. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Chesko, we have to know who is coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week. You know what? Before we do that, I want to uh, touch a little bit more on the Phillies and uh, the Gabe Kapler, Charlie Manuel thing. Um, yeah. He, Gabe does his weekly interview on Angelo Cataldi's show every Wednesday morning. And this week, it was a very good interview. i got to give Angelo credit. He asked all the right questions, and he asked Gabe about – you know, what might happen if they do go into a tailspin and things don't go that well, even with Charlie Manuel there, is he worried about getting fired? And this is what Gabe Kapler said, audio courtesy of WIP. The life of a baseball manager is that you manage until the day you get fired. And almost everyone gets fired at some point. I'm not going to manage scared. I didn't play scared. I fought and gave everything I had every single day. I'm going to manage in the same way. So, if I get fired, I do, and it'll be a hard day for me to deal with. But I'm not going to waste a single ounce of my mental or emotional energy thinking about myself when I could be thinking about how to help us win tonight's game. There you go, Gabe Kapler. And so far they are doing well tonight, by the way. And, you know, I hear things like that, and it makes me want to root for them. But then I watch the games, and I want to choke them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are nights like that. Uh, that's definitely true. And I guess he had Hoskins batting leadoff tonight, which is kind of weird. He wants to get him going. And I guess he did get on somehow before the Harper home run. So maybe he's a genius, Bill. Well, i tell you what. As far as, <laughs> as far as what he's doing with the lineup, I mean, I don't even care. Last, last year when he had Hoskins batting second forever, and that was really making me, you know, driving me crazy. This year yeah. – What's going on now? I don't even care. He he's trying. I'll give him credit. He's trying to make something happen, and whatever it takes, it really doesn't matter. He's just got to get guys on base. They got to drive in runs. Um, if if Batten Hoskins first makes something happen, have at it. You know what I mean? Yep. And you know what else? If they do go on a run right now, and I mean, I guess they're ahead tonight, four nothing early, and if they do go on a run. Is he going to get the credit, or is it all going to say, well, that's because they brought Charlie Manuel in, you know? So I wonder if this is kind of a no-win situation for Gabe Kapler. Well, I, and I think it probably is, and, and that's why I, I asked Tom the question about looking over his shoulder, you know? Is, yeah. is this, you know, it, I think Charlie's a kind of a really awkward hire um, for this team. Yeah, the legendary manager, all-time winning manager who won the World Series just 11 years ago, uh, a hero in the town. It is, it's got to be a difficult situation for Gabe, and we know it wasn't his decision. It wasn't even Matt Klentak's decision we can ascertain. It's coming from Middleton. So the owner's not happy, and they're just going to have to live with it, and Gabe's going to have to hope that it works out that they do win a bunch of games because ultimately it'll save his job if they do. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So you still didn't tell us who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, so give it up. I'm going to do that right now, Bill. Next week we have two guests slated to join us. We'll talk with our pal from out in Happy Valley, the voice of Penn State football, Steve Jones, who will tell us what to expect from the Nittany Lions in 2019. And we will also talk to a guy we had on just about a year ago at this time to tell us all about the road trips available to Eagles fans, the Green Legion's Mike Diaz. So there you go, Steve Jones and Mike Diaz next week, Bill. And, oh, we have to squeeze oh, in right oh. now. And Yeah, good, good guess, right? Yo, absolutely, absolutely. 
And, Bill, we have to squeeze in another commercial break right here. The Wayback Machine takes us back to the 1970s. You know what I tried? What? Pristine. Pristine? Feminine hygiene spray. Oh, that's right. How do you like it? I like it. I use it every morning now. Does it really do anything for you? Yeah. It lets you feel fresh and it lasts a long time. Pristine spray mist or soft new pristine spray powder. They both last a long time. <laughs> Ted, Ted I'm, I'm not going to tell you, that one gets a what the hell out of me. I, I, I don't even know where that came from. Uh, it'll leave you I feeling, don't even know feeling where, fresh. I don't even know where to go with that. It'll last a long time. <laughs> Holy cow. There you Woo! go. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Chad, let's get, <laughs> I got to get get away from that one. Let's get on to a real ad. How about shout out to the PPCC 118 Razzro. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford to have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autographed memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RASROOM. That's right. PPCC118RASROOM on Facebook. Raz, Raz, Raz. Raz, Raz, Raz. And, hey, Chet, I wanted to make one other comment. Uh, you know, we have our website, phillypressboxradio.com. Um, hard to keep up with a lot of the time, but we hit a milestone, I believe, yesterday where we have now had 40,000 visitors to our website. Right now, 40,015 at the moment. So, um, <laughs> good good stuff, and uh, we, we appreciate those that go by and, and check it out, check out our sponsors, check out our stuff, our, uh, our shows, and uh, the Vimeos, the articles, and, and so forth. And uh, we got to keep that up a little bit better. That, that's my problem but uh we appreciate the people go by forty thousand is uh is pretty cool i will have a celebratory beer as soon as i get home we are we are hitting milestones my friend do you have a parting shot sir yes i do bill and here it is the past 12 months bill has been a great time for movie lovers who also happen to be classic rock fans we had the films bohemian rhapsody the dirt on netflix rocket man and yesterday and now comes blinded by the light set in 1987 and 88 it's a true story about a pakistani college student javed in a town in england a wannabe writer who as a minority has to deal with racism as well as a strict father but a new friend introduces him to the music of bruce springsteen and well Soon things start to change for Javid, played by Fabik Kalra. Along the way, of course, there's a slew of Springsteen music, 16 or 17 songs, I believe, and even a trip to Freehold in Asbury Park, New Jersey, where Javid visits some Bruce-related landmarks. Blinded by the Light Bill is a sometimes cheesy and hokey film, but it's also funny and heartwarming and a must-see for every Springsteen fan, and that includes Bill Furman. So make your return to the multiplex, Bill. You won't be, you won't be disappointed. Well... Uh, we'll see. I, I probably will do that. But Chad, I I don't know if you saw this, but I went to the movies last weekend. I did not. What'd you see? Went to see the kitchen. Oh, the the kitchen, and it my wife told well. me we need. Well, she said we needed to go see it. It was a comedy, and it was going to be funny. And she knew a lot of the act, you know, the actors and actresses. Well. It's far from a comedy, and there's a F-bombs. lot of killing, and there's a lot of f-bombs. That's all I got F-bombs. out of it. But <laughs> oh well, it was, it was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, it was middle of the road. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mary Furman got me to the movies. Well, go see Blinded by the Light. Make her go with you to see that one. I'm telling you, it's good. Wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's do it. With we've reached the top of the hour. Let's thank our special guest, Tom Moore. Our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave Lavoie of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of this show. For Jim Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio Wednesday, August 21st at 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, 
or you can find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Pull my trigger, let me blow your mind.